The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's What's an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about semantic search's impact on SEO. Joining us today is Kathy Brown, who is a senior SEO consultant at Searchmetrics, which is an enterprise-grade SEO and content marketing platform that helps marketers make better and more data-driven decisions. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Kathy Brown, Senior SEO Consultant at Search Metrics. Kathy, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me. Always excited to chat with you. Thanks for coming back and being my guest. Today, we're talking a little bit about semantic search. Been a lot of updates, a lot of news about semantic search lately and how Google's investing in it. First, let's start off at the top. How do you define semantic search? Well, I usually start with a very simple statement. Things, not strings. That's my very simple statement, and we can get into that. But basically, Google's now gotten to the point where it now understands that words have meaning, and it actively tries to figure out the meaning of the word rather than just trying to match a string to another string on a page. So yeah, it's no longer really about doing keyword research and just finding all these keywords and then stuffing them into your page. It's really more about topics and it's more about making sure your page answers the questions about the topic. And yeah, it's more about the actual meaning of the word rather than just the keyword string. Things, not strings. I love it mostly because it rhymes. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, what you're talking about is Google's algorithm, Google's artificial intelligence is 
smart enough now to understand at least some of the context of what you're writing about. So give me some examples of semantic association. So somebody who doesn't understand the difference between a uh, query and, you know, the, the actual intent, what, what is, give me an example of semantic search. Well, for example, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but let's start here and then we can talk. Take the word bank, bank, and you might think, okay, we're talking about a bank account or, you know, a bank location, but we could be also be talking about a bank of the river, river banks. Those are completely separate things. The same word, but completely different concepts depending on the other words that surround that word bank. So this is what we mean by context and this kind of knowledge of what is actually intended by the sentence that contains that word is what Google has been working so hard to really understand. So if you type search on bank, Google may not know which bank you're talking about. And that's when you often see the variety of search results when it's just a single word search and it just gives you a a couple of options. So I think words that have the same meaning, but generally when I think about semantic search uh, and you mentioned things, not strings, the words best physician and top doctor kind of mean the same thing, but the words aren't the same, right? You're, You're looking for the best medical practitioner available. And so when you're doing your research, sometimes people will write the same thing in different ways and Google understands what those two similar terms are. And they're probably going to present very similar search results because the meaning is the same. And then there's also the case where the word is the same, but the meaning is different. So the reason why we wanted to talk about semantic search today is that it's a been a popular topic for Google and there's been some advances in Google's semantic search. Talk to me about what are some of the recent advancements and announcements related to semantic search? Yeah, but let me just say, first of all, you're you're exactly right. It used to be that we had to optimize for all the different words that may mean the same thing. And we no longer have to do that because Google does indeed understand that the search intent between those two words, top doctor and best medical practitioner, are actually pretty similar. And Google's been working on this for a while, going all the way back to 2013 with Hummingbird. But more recently, we've had BERT, which stands for Bidirectional Encoder Representations from Transporters, which is a huge mouthful. Goes on tight. And then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, then we also have MUM, which is the most recent announcement, which is the Multitask Unified Model, which is actually not rolled out yet, but it's coming. And just talking about BERT for a minute, the thing that BERT really helped was just get helping Google better understand the context of the words in search queries. And when BERT rolled out, you know, Google gave a couple of examples of this search, math problems for adults, I think was one of the examples. It used to give you math problems for sixth or eighth graders. And now that BERT came out, it now understands that math problems for adults. The search intent was I was actually looking for something for grownups, those of us who pretend to be a grownup. And, you know, now there's actually in the search results, some resources for grownups, not just sixth and eighth graders. So that's just an example that Google gave. And you can find a number of those examples if you look. So, yeah. I'm also actively pretending to be a grownup as we speak. 
You mentioned the Bert and the mum update. You know, and the truth is, I don't even understand really the difference between the two in great detail. You know, to me, as a content marketer, I read the announcements of Google launches improvements to semantic search. And it's kind of like, I just assume Google's getting smarter at understanding what people are looking for, understanding the intent of natural language. That said, there has to be some sort of an impact on SEO when these changes are rolled out. Talk to me about what the improvements from BERT, from Hummingbird, from the recently announced MUM update might have or are having on SEO results. Well, sure. I think, again, going back to Hummingbird, one of the things we saw that slincycine no longer works So it used to be that you would create a page for every different variant of the keyword. And, you know, that page would rank for, okay, dog trainer, dog training school versus training your dog. You know, you'd actually have two separate pages and those two would rank separately for those keywords. And that's no longer true. So, I mean, you just gave an example very similar to that. So understanding that you're really wanting to create your content around a topic and not a single keyword is really key. And I think the other thing that a lot of people have noticed is that more comprehensive topics or comprehensive content around that topic that really answers all the questions someone might have about that topic, those are the pages that are doing better in the search results rather than the thin, which just kind of focuses on one keyword type of content. So what I'm hearing is that if you come up with a great piece of content that is specifically targeted towards one topic, you know, here's the guide to finding the best doctor. And it's a 1,500-word post, and it's got every image and video, and the site is humming, and it's just a wonderful piece of content. You spend a lot of time building it. You don't have to come up with a separate piece of content for best medical practitioner or top doctor or whatever the other semantically associated terms are. Now, Google is taking the best pieces of content and they're ranking them for various keywords based on the intent of the topic, not the exact keyword. That's totally correct. Yeah. So from that, what I'm hearing is that you have to create better, more comprehensive content for fewer topics. Are you seeing that being the case in practice? Well, yeah, definitely you don't want to have a lot of little pages that kind of each discuss one aspect of the topic. You want a more comprehensive page that discusses all those topics. So yeah, I think you're quite right. You know, as a content marketer, you really need to put yourself in the shoes of the searcher and say, why did they search on this? What was their intent? And how can I best help that person rather than, oh, you know, this person put in this keyword, I'm just going to spit out some content that just talks about that keyword, you know, three to 10 times in the content. You know, I'm a big fan of Search Metrics's content experience tool. When you put in a topic, it'll tell you what are the words that you need to include in that topic to rank. It'll talk to you about some of the questions that you're consumers or prospects might be asking. It'll also tell you how long the post should be. And it brings me to the point of writing for search engines or writing for people. I'll give the example for the MarTech podcast, my other show, we are relaunching the website and we have all of the episodes for each podcast categorized. What we've realized is that those category pages, all they have are links to all the other podcasts. There's no meat to that pages. 
So we created these 1,500 word posts for each of these category pages that describe what the category is. 1,500 words on B2B marketing. Now I'm writing that for the search engine. I don't think people are going to that page because they want a written copy of what I think B2B marketing is. They're going because they're looking for B2B marketing content most likely, but I need content on that page to rank for the search engine. So help me think about the difference when Google understands these topics and you don't want to write thin content. You want to write for the experience. On the flip side, sometimes you just need content on the page to get Google's attention. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. How do you disintermediate the difference of writing for the search engine, having content on the page because it's necessary, and actually building a content experience that makes sense? Yeah, and I think that's always a balance that we sometimes have to walk. I mean, we know, I mean, John Wheeler has said this, that, and this is kind of in the e-commerce realm, that having some content on a category page where you have, you know, your list of products is helpful to them to understand the page better. So in your case, where you're adding some content about B2B marketing, these are all the, you know, podcasts we've done in B2B marketing. I would agree you do need some content to just help the search engines understand the purpose of the page and the topic of the page a little bit better. Do you need 1,500 words? I don't know. We could have a discussion about that. But I would agree you need some content because, yeah, maybe a user would come to that page and they would just see the list and kind of grasp what that page is all about. But I do think it's the search engines. They're still not quite as good as humans to understand language. So I think you do need that content. You know, I always try to write for humans first. But when it, you know, you mentioned the content experience tool. I agree. It's a great tool. And what it actually helps you do, I find, is remember to kind of add all those supporting keywords into your content. So yeah, you have your topic, you've written about it, your 10 best ways to find the best doctor ever. But, you know, Google's going to expect the word medical somewhere in that content, most likely to clue it in that this is indeed, well, you know, about a doctor. 
Um, so it sort of expects these very closely related words to show up in your content. And that's why tools like Content Experience can really help you out because it might, it might remind you like, oh, you know, this is a word that's very closely associated with my topic, but I didn't include it. I should include it just to make the content more comprehensive. So as we start thinking about the changes in semantic search, Google's obviously investing more and more in understanding context. If you look into your crystal ball, what do you see as the next evolution of semantic search? So MUM, I think, is the next evolution. Because as I mentioned, they've announced it, but they haven't really rolled it out. And what MUM gives us is that it gives us the ability to kind of make these semantic associations across different languages across different forms of media, whether that be images or video or even voice uh, recordings like audio. So that's really the next evolution, I think, is to make those. Because I think right now, you know, Google's gotten a lot better about understanding the intent and meaning and entities that are behind a piece of content. Now, the next evolution is really linking those semantic associations across different forms of content and different languages. And, you know, the example they give is if you're here in California and you search on how to make a great paella and there's someone who has a recipe blog who says, this is how I made my paella, that might be what you'd get today. But in the future, what you might get is the chef that makes the most beautiful paella. He's well-known as an expert chef. Everybody flocks to his... But he speaks Spanish. But he speaks Spanish, of course. And there's not, not everybody knows Spanish who speaks English. And so what I see might happen in the future is that you get that page, his recipe page, but it's translated for you because Google's figured out that that's really the best page for your, your search. I think the future is at least announced if it is not here with the mum update and semantic search. I think the takeaway for me for SEOs and, and the practice of getting your content out there, better, longer form, more comprehensive content. Google is definitely trying to punish the content creators that are just producing thin content to address a topic but not actually providing value. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kathy Brown, Senior SEO Consultant at Searchmetrics. If you'd like to get in touch with Kathy, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Kathy Alice, K-A-T-H-Y-A-L-I-C-E. Or you could visit her website, which is Webenzo, W-E-B-E-N-S-O.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, or you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.